to the Mommy Mentor Podcast. This parenting bullshit is hard, am I right? From sleepless nights with newborns to sleepless nights with teens, from potty training to sending them off to college, I'm here to get you through it all as your mommy mentor. My name is Erin Kennedy Health, and I'm a registered nurse and a mom of three. I have professional experience with moms and babies as a postpartum nurse, which keeps the newborn and postpartum transition fresh in my mind. I have 17 years of parenting experience as well. For information on this podcast and more, go to mommymentorpodcast.com. Parents, grab a cup of whatever you prefer and settle in for the next episode. Welcome back, mommies. It's Erin, your mommy mentor. This episode's subject is postpartum visitors. It sounds uh, like out of this world, uh, alien visitors. That's not what I mean. What I mean is those people who want to visit you after you have a baby. And it can be quite overwhelming. I noticed that as a postpartum nurse. But I want to tell you a funny story about this because it's a, a doozy. It involves me being not so kind to someone, not as their nurse, as their friend. Uh, what happened, and it involves visiting postpartum. That's why I'm telling you the story. My best friend had a baby, and the first baby she had, I was in the room. And this baby, they decided it was just going to be her and her husband. Totally fine. Okay, sounds great. I was a little butt hurt, but it was like, whatever, of course, it's your baby. You do you have the birth that you want. But she said, okay, you can come and see him right away when he's born. I was like, great. Sounds good. And at that point, I wasn't a nurse and I wasn't a uh, postpartum nurse. So I had no experience on a postpartum unit and no experience witnessing the experience of a postpartum woman uh, from an outside perspective. So I just lived it. And with even with my births, things were just different. But continuing on with my story about my friend, called me, told me she had the baby and I was so excited and, you know, congratulations and find out all the details and talk to her for a little bit. And then I asked her, what does she want me to bring her for dinner? And she's like, no, I, you know, tells me I would rather you not come today. Really tired. By this time it was about 6 p.m or something. It was, it was evening. It was in the summer, but it was evening. So she was tired and did not want me to come visit. And I was not happy. And I let her know. I think I no, I know I definitely yelled at her. And, you know, this is what you promised me you would do. And you promised me I could see the baby right away. And, you know, I'm already sad I wasn't in the room. Like, what a jerk I was making this about me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Luckily, this girl and I are still friends because she knows that that was just a terrible mistake and that my character was not wanting to hurt her. Like, my intention was not wanting to hurt her. But, uh, yeah, I did that. And um, I'm not proud of it. And I realized as a, you know, after I became a postpartum nurse and witnessed things from an outside perspective with postpartum women, just how tired they are, how much work they had already done, 
the fact that they'd already entertained people all day with, you know, like you're talking to your nurses and your staff that you're working with and your husband and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just a lot. And then you push a human out of your body or you have a major surgery or you try to push a human out of your body and then have a major surgery and you're expected to be a hostess like two hours later. What is that about? And I didn't really get it until I was a postpartum nurse. I didn't really see why my best friend was so upset. Like I knew that I was a jerk and I hadn't like, I didn't make a good choice in yelling and things like that, but I felt like, well, you know, you said I could come see him and I couldn't, I didn't, you didn't let me. And I wasn't very cool. Um, but I, but I apologized for my behavior because I was a jerk and I didn't really get it until I became a postpartum nurse and I was like oh my gosh what have I done so <laughs> I frequently still apologize to my best friend for doing that because I still feel bad and the postpartum nurse perspective is just like so helpful for me in understanding motherhood in a different way than my own perspective it gives me an outside perspective, but also I can relate to those perspectives. I I've been there in most of the cases, or at least I can relate because, you know, everybody's tired postpartum or things like that. So I felt so bad just after I became a postpartum nurse, realizing what I had done to my best friend, you guys, she's my best friend. We've been best friends since we were 12 and 13 and we're like 40 now. So, you know, you do the math, but terrible behavior on my part and I noticed my grave mistake more immediately when I became a postpartum nurse and saw the pattern of people I don't mean to say this like uh, violently or in a gross way but like literally descending on these people like vultures these new families sometimes your first baby and they're just like Woof. and why um, you know, the baby in most cases isn't going anywhere and neither is the parents. So just give them a little time to settle in. However, I completely understand the excitement. You've been waiting for this baby for months and months and months and months. And you're also excited and you just love the baby already. And your family is something to celebrate. So I get wanting to be together as well. I'm here to tell you this episode, how to cope with the visitors, the postpartum visitors, not the visitors from another planet, but the postpartum visitors who are not, they're just too blind to see that they're being a little invasive given the timing. They love the baby so much and you so much. They're just like completely blinded by love. So they're just like, oh, let me go see the baby and just let me go bring them dinner. And thank God a lot of the time I've noticed the new grandparents bringing dinner or something, but some people bring nothing and some people, you know, just overstay their welcome. And some people don't help with the baby and some people don't understand like, oh, mom's tired. They're, they're just loud in the room and not recognizing she needs a rest maybe, or she's not feeling well because maybe she's nauseous or I'm here to tell you how to cope with it. What I did in, I had the girls first, I'll tell you about my birth experience, my first one and the visitors. I, the girls were preemies. They were 28 weekers. 
And I had them after a month of being on bed rest. So everybody was on pins and needles, completely worried about the babies and me, but not exactly completely understanding how really big of a deal it was for a baby to be born 12 weeks early, let alone alone two of them. So when I had them 12 weeks early, my dad did not understand why I couldn't go up north anymore because he just was like, well, why? Because you'd bring them with. And I was like, just dad, <laughs> they're two pounds and they need to stay in a box in order to keep their temperatures. So just the understanding wasn't exactly there. And I had the same situation and people not just wanting to see me, but also wanting to see the babies who are in the NICU. So, I mean, I get it. I've been there. And at the time, and I think that moms feel this way and they don't even really realize, but I didn't even think about it or myself or the fact that, you know, maybe I'm tired and visiting isn't the most fantastic plan for me or for the babies. I let people, everybody visited. And at the same time, my husband and I agreed that because they were born so early, uh, that it would be a great idea for everybody to see them because when babies are born early, you just unfortunately don't know what's going to happen. And so, sometimes when they're born term, you don't know what's going to happen. But we decided that it would be a good idea for our families to see them just in case. But we didn't really think anything was going to happen. You just, you always never know. So you just want to make sure. But then when I had my son, my my third child, I he was term. Yay, me. Yay, us, actually. Uh, him and I, we hung on together very strongly for 39 weeks and five days. So he was born. And I remember telling everyone, I don't really want visitors until the day after I've had him. Because I'm, I was having a C-section and I didn't really want people to be seeing me where I couldn't move. And I, you know, you got a Foley catheter and that looks cute. And I just wanted to be able to be myself when I had visitors and also not feel like crap. So we asked everyone to come the next day. So they did. A lot of people were not very happy. My sister being one of them, but we argued about it, but I'm a pretty strong-willed person. So I was just like, you know what, whatever this is just what I want and it's going to be what it's going to be. And everyone's going to come see him the next day. So everyone did come see him the next day and it worked out great. Other than by the end of the day, I was in a lot of pain. I don't recommend having all of the visitors come on the same day. You know what? Everybody came that day, except for my mom. My mom took it to the extreme and waited seven days to meet my newborn baby. I was like, what the heck mom? But she wanted to make sure I was comfortable and ready for, to be me again. So I've been in both boats, you know, where I learned and I needed to restrict people for a little bit and have set up boundaries, which is okay to do. You're allowed to set up boundaries with people in all situations, but especially when you've produced a human into the world. And I also had the other experience of everyone's coming. And it's kind of because we allowed them to, which in all cases, you have to allow them to. You can't just be visiting people at the hospital that aren't allowing it. But I've had both experiences. And then as a postpartum nurse, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. It was just like, oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't realize what I was doing when I did that to my best friend. And I didn't realize how overwhelmed I was when that happened to me. And I also saw firsthand how well-intentioned all of these people who visit are. 
they all are just so excited and thrilled. They do not mean any ill effects. And I know that for real. But the way that you cope with this uh, in the hospital for sure is you can put restrictions like I did and say 24 hours or however long like amount of time you can say no visitors in the hospital we'd like to wait until we get home uh, depending on how long you're there because sometimes that doesn't feel great because you're you have a c-section and you're there for three days but some people just like have people come on like in shifts or like in you know you're going to be there for a few days or a couple of days and you have one set of parents come one day and the next day the next set of parents and just kind of stagger it out a little bit so you're not just using up all of your energy on visitors because you're not going to be sleeping I will be honest with you one way or the other you won't be sleeping even if your baby's sleeping you're not going to be sleeping because you have to get used to the fact that you're sleeping with this new human that you are responsible for keeping alive and it's kind of scary because you don't know if they're breathing on their own and all that stuff not only that you're not in your own environment at home so you can't sleep well because of that and we're checking on you and the hospital beds aren't always the greatest and sometimes the thing they have the, for the support person to sleep on aren't the greatest but you're not going to be sleeping for one reason or the other anyway. And then you're exhausted, especially the person who gave birth is exhausted because they actually gave birth. I read once that the uh, the assault to the body that pregnancy and delivery is, is ridiculous. And it, it, it takes truly a couple of years for your body to recover from it all, which is why they don't recommend having births super close together it's a crazy assault to the body and then the woman is immediately trying to her body is trying to produce milk and uterus contract and all these things and heal itself and especially if you had surgery that's even more because you're dealing with pain and you're exhausted from just how hard it is to move and you're also exhausted from the maybe the narcotics they need to give you for your pain but because it's a surgical thing it's just more energy your body needs to use to recover so you can do those few things in the hospital or you can you just know hospital visitors which whatever you want to do and then what I always tell my patients when they get go home because that's the big time you know because now you're at home and we're us nurses aren't there to help you and i'm not saying you are relying on us 100 percent in the hospital of course not you are doing a, almost everything on your own lots of education I, I love doing education it's my favorite uh and i love helping people get sleep in the hospital because i know if you could build up a reserve while you're in the hospital that's going to be helpful for when you go home because we're not there to help you build up that reserve we're not the nursery that you could use if you would like if your hospital offers that is not there so it's just one of those things and then you go home and you're it's you and your baby and your mate and or your support person and you're trying to figure out life with this new thing and it's crazy and like I said before when you can't sleep because it's you're scared it's not going to breathe so all those things and then everyone wants to come visit you and especially because now you're home it's harder to say no because people have been to your house before they're comfortable in your homes why wouldn't they come visit you 
now you've had a little time because you've been home from the hospital and things. Once again, advice for this. I advise people to kind of barter, and that sounds cruel and ridiculous, but the thing is, is these people love you. The people who want to come see you and your baby, they love you and they want to help and they don't know how. So give them jobs. They're going to love it. They're going to want to help you. Those people have raised children. They know how tiring it is. So they'll help you and they want to come see your baby. So my advice is this. When you have visitors and arrange visitors and people are planning their visits and things, can I come and see your baby this date and time, et cetera, et cetera? And you say, sure, would you mind bringing dinner? Or sure, would you mind if while you're here, I could take a shower while you hold the baby? Or sure, would you mind if after we visit for a while, I take a little nap while you hold the baby? You guys, they're going to be in heaven because they're holding the baby. <laughs> Trust me, they'll be happy to help. It's one of those things that you just got to, you got to speak up for yourself and say what you need and what you need help with. And it's hard to do just like setting boundaries is hard to do because it's always hard to do those things with people you love, but it's a healthy thing to do boundaries and asking for help and and acknowledging that this is hard and acknowledging that, gosh, it would be a lot easier if I had a little extra help in life right now. So totally healthy for you to ask for help from your family because they want to help you anyway. And your friends and whoever, your neighbor, neighbors. Some people set up meal trains before they have the baby. A lot of the time, if you're a part of a larger community, such as a church or a like book club or something like that those people want to help too and the funny thing is is like a lot of the times those people don't know you super super well that they would come into your home and hold your baby while you take a shower you don't know them that well but you see them every Sunday at church or you see them every Wednesday at book club and they want to help too and they kind of like doing a group effort thing and same with coworkers. That's a good option too. Both of you, you know, if if it's a two uh, parent situation, both of you could do that. Your coworkers both want to help. If it's just a one parent situation, obviously just the, the one would say this is what we could use uh, when they want to help. Set up a meal train. These like the, the church people are great at that. I, I know your coworkers are great at that. We coworkers have potlucks all the time. That's a great option, meal trains, because then everybody's on a schedule. And what they're doing is they're either giving you things before you give birth to put in your freezer, or they're literally dropping it off at your door. And that sounds mean. I know that I've heard people's opinions on these things, and you may not agree with me on this or anything I say, to be honest, because we're all different. But I know for a fact that people in your life that care about you want to help you and they don't always know how to be useful. And I also know that sometimes people need a little direction. I'm a person who needs direction. I, a lot of the time, don't know what to get people or what people need help with, although that's a lie. That's a complete lie. I'm pretty dang good at recognizing when people need help because I'm a nurse. I will ask the question, what would be useful to you? Because what I can see that they need help with might not be something they want my help with. 
So my friend, she's 39 and just had her first baby in January. I love that little girl. She's so cute. Also, duh, love my friend. But when she had her baby, I just, I said, I would like to make you some dinners. Could you use some dinners? And she said, yes. And I got ideas from her and her husband about what they like to eat because obviously I'm not trying to make you stuff I want to eat. I want to make you stuff you want to eat. So trust me, people want to help you. They do. And give them jobs because they don't know how to help you and they love you. And that's one of their love languages usually is helping you. So yes, and I I advise you to continue to ask for help as these babies age, not just in the immediate postpartum period but it takes a village for a reason it it does it's insane how uh, much effort it is to raise a child and you often need help and that's okay because that's why we live in community if you liked this episode please share it with someone that you think would like it if you like the entire podcast please share it with others Please like, follow, and subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And you can also find me on Instagram, my mommy mentor. And I look forward to having you follow me. I always love new followers. Please follow me. Send me a message. I love engaging with people. And I will talk to you guys next time. Safe parenting out there, mommies. Mm-hmm.